When it comes to hunting boots, how many pairs does one man need? Well, how many seasons are there? Turkey season? Deer season? Duck season? Dove season? Honey, how many pairs of boots does one man need? At least one more pair. For just about everything for hunting, go to MidwayUSA.com. I'm Larry Potterfield with Midway USA. Thanks for your business. Hunting is not easy. It never has been. It takes dedication, motivation, a lot of patience, and quality gear. If you manage a food plot, put up stands, or need just one more game camera, we can help at MidwayUSA.com. We opened our doors in 1977 and continue to put customers first by offering super fast, same day shipping. For just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. Hey, I just got back from lunch. Did you finish that report yet? Uh, well, not exactly. I'm still working on it. I'm not finished just yet. Uh, I got a little sidetracked, but I will get them to you first thing this afternoon. <laughs> it is first thing this afternoon. Well, yeah, I, I understand that, but I mean, I, I am working on it. But I'll have, I'll what do you mean that the report isn't finished yet? I'm, I'm still in the process of working on it. I've just been a little distracted. Just distracted? Our meeting starts in an hour. Have it. You, you no no. What were you doing? Were you listening to another hunting podcast again? I swear, I give the staff in this office the freedom to do whatever they want to do as long as they meet a deadline. That is the first bullet underneath your job description. Pay attention to detail and deadline and deadline. Dude, are you even listening to me right now? Welcome to episode 51 of the Whitetail Distraction Podcast. My name's Austin, and joining me in the Rack Shack for episode 51, because it's 51 and not 50, Charles Hedlund. How you doing, buddy? I kind of miss episode 50. I know, man. It was good, right? Oh, it was great. Yeah. I'm sorry great. about the technical difficulties that happened with it, but, you know, you guys got the gist of it, right? It was a good episode. It solid was. episode. Matt and Cindy, you're awesome. Nothing lost there. It was it was what 50 should have been for us. Yeah, you know, every little it. bit of it. But episode fifty one, oh man, row. That was a good, was a good episode. It was a good episode, man. This is this is gonna be one I can't wait to listen back to. I was excited about this one, man. Heck yeah, when I you know this one kind of happened just by being active on social media. You know, I, a couple guys killed some really nice bucks, and I just commented on there, "Hey, congrats, dude! You guys are awesome. Like you're killing it." You know, and they were like, "Hey." Why don't we come on the show and talk about it? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> like, you asking me? Yes. <laughs> it's funny because I've followed these guys for a few years. Yeah. I've heard them on podcasts. Mm-hmm. Me Never too. once did it occur to me to ask them to come on our podcast. Isn't that crazy? Until you did that. Yeah. I, same thing. When I saw I'm like. Like, I was watching videos three weeks ago of them. Yeah, I'm thinking to myself, like, you moron, why have you not reached out to these guys? These guys are awesome. <laughs> I know. It blows my mind. It just never occurred to me. I'm sure there's other people out there, too, that, like, there's we a- know, we, we we watch your videos, we listen to their content or whatever, and just hasn't occurred to us. I don't know. It could happen. Yeah. Yeah, and that's there's definitely more people out there we haven't had on here that we follow. We, we kind of- <clears throat> Ted Nugent. No. <laughs> Ted. Ted. <laughs> Ted, brother. Just kidding. Come on. Spirit of the wild, bro. It's the spirit of the uh, wild. Please, yeah. please cut that out. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, on other news. In, in other news, 
Oh, I can't talk about that. In other <laughs> in other news, I haven't seen any other deer since the last good one that I saw. I haven't seen any deer really at all, but I haven't been really looking for them either. Kind of working, you know, even on the turnpike, but but a lot of corn planted this year. Yeah, so it's hard to see. It's tough, you know. It's not like I'm driving past a lot of soybean fields where I can see, you know, way back in the corners and. I'm always driving around with my binos now. That's it's weird. Like before, I drive around and see a ton of deer when I don't have them in the car. I put them in the car, and it's like I don't see any more deer. What what is going on? Binos don't leave my truck, man. They know. <laughs> They're they in know there I all have the time. Them. You know what? I'm excited for deer season. Dude. I am too, man. We're going this weekend, Saturday. We are going. By the time this airs, we have sat in the we woods. We had already sat in the woods, and we could be. I could be literally in the woods as this thing airs. Isn't that weird? That's gonna be a stretch. You never know. It's possible. Because I'm going to try to go out a lot after work. Oh, you're talking about during the week. I thought you meant Saturday. No, not Saturday. Okay, <laughs> I'm just asking. No, it could be cool, man. I'm very excited about this weekend. We have kind of a very loose plan put together of what we're going to do, but we'll figure it out by then. Yeah, I'm going to hit the maps tonight. Yep. I'll too. probably be up till 2 a.m. again, hitting the maps hard. It's going to be a little different this year. Last year was just the two of us. Right. And we just went down on a whim. We looked at the maps and found some new places and said, oh, this looks like we could make this work out. Kind of fly by the seat of our pants. We didn't even see any deer, you know, but it was fun. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. It was nice because it was my first hunt out of the new stand. So I got a little bit of experience doing that before our season. But what I'm looking forward to this year, and it's going to be a little different, is there could be potentially like five of us going down. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So this is going to come, yeah, this is going to come into play. Like we're going to have to be kind of the two of us, if all five of us are out there, you and I are going to have to play a little bit of guide. Now, Anthony and I did do some gun hunting down there last year. So he's a little familiar with the property. I don't know how much he pays attention when he's actually out in the woods walking around. Plus, there was snow on the ground. So it's different when there's snow on the ground. You can see a long ways. It is. He's a newer archery hunter. Yeah, compared to now. But the nice thing is he can say, hey, where's that field we walk past? I want to hunt over there. And I can at least show him on a map and we can mark literally a spot and say, hey, go hunt here. You know, so we might have to be a little bit of guide services this, this upcoming weekend, which I'm looking forward to. And... Another thing I'm looking forward to is shooting the new arrows I got. You did get some new arrows. They are looking tasty, dude. Man, I'm excited. I've been looking at these things for all season, like all year leading up to the season. Not only are you shooting new arrows, you shoot new broadheads, which is brought to you by Veteran Innovative Products. (laughs) Yes, the VIP veteran, which is why I had to go get new arrows. I was rocking the Gold Tip Hunter XTs, and they were just, you know, as short as short can get because typically I was hunting that NAP uh, Spitfire, and that broadhead sticks out with expandables facing forward. So I had no problem clearing my uh, my rest. Yeah. Well, these arrows too short with the veteran with that that nasty open blade beauty that you got on that that freedom. All right there on the end of your arrow, just screaming at you. Yeah. So it was just touching. It's so, a meat missile, dude. It's a meat missile. I can't. Um, I'm telling you right now. With the arrows I just bought. So I went in, got new gold tip, the platinum pierce. These arrows are going to be little badass. They're a micro diameter. So you add the pass-through capability of the veteran broadhead with the penetration ability of this kinetic platinum pierce or pierce platinum i think is the actual name of it i'm gonna be uh 
a little better off than previous years, I think, with pass-throughs and, and getting penetration on deer. You I know, can dig I, it, dude. I, 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 I feel like I have one of the best arrows and the best broadheads for that specific purpose Yeah, that a man can afford falling on a budget. I spent $17 on those broadheads. On the arrows. Oh, I'm sorry. On the <laughs> arrows. <laughs> I spent 17 total dollars out of pocket on those arrows because anything that happens, like, hey, guys, we're getting concert tickets. I'll pay for them. You pay me. Throw them on the Cabela's card. Little Cabela's cash back, Hey, bro. we got to, you know, we got to buy all this stuff for golf outing. Throw it on the Cabela's card. I had $87 saved up on the Cabela's card. I like it. <laughs> it's like free arrows, man. Yeah, I feel you, bro. So I, but now I got to get rid of the uh, the nocturnals. Well, so I mean, McCoy said he would take a couple packs. He's still shooting gold tips. So. I might steal a couple from you too. Yeah, I'll sell them to you for fifteen dollars a piece. A pack of three. <laughs> They're twenty five retail. I can get them cheaper on Cabela's right now. So how about that? No how about shit. That's what apples? I just bought them for. <laughs> well, you know what? It, it just is what it is. <laughs> all right, fine. You caught me. You caught me. Trying to make a profit here. It's all good. So you know what else is good? What's up, dude? Our guest this week. Our guest. We yeah. talked about our guest. No, we didn't. Oh well, I know. We, we, we kind of it. did. We didn't. We we teased it. We didn't tell him who it was. We didn't. You want to tell him? You want me to tell him? You tell him. This week. Don't say. Don't don't <laughs> say Ted Nugent. Tell <laughs> him who's really Nugent. on. I wasn't gonna say that. Yes, you were. <laughs> I was not. This week, I'm really excited about it. I've been following these guys for a few years. They're absolute studs. They get it done. They go out of state and get it done. Dean and Dave Giorizzo from Team Tag and Brag. From Cleveland. From Cleveland. They're from Cleveland. I'm so excited. It's going to be a baller episode, bro. It is going to be sweet. We didn't even talk about the Browns, thank goodness, in this episode. Get out of here. <laughs> I actually have been following the Browns over the last couple of years, man. I, I'm, I have been. I have been. So we, we're not we're not going to get into it. We <laughs> talked to him a little bit in the pregame session with him while we were waiting for Dean to come on. Yeah, man. Uh, I dig it, though. Dean's a good dude. Dave's a good dude. I, yeah. I, I really like talking to him. Uh, should we also mention, you know, we don't know exactly how the audio is going to end up on this one. We were doing a, a three-way call where Dave had to call Dean because Dean didn't want to answer our phone call so, <laughs> and then patch us in together. So there might be like a little bit of a, a cutout here and there, but uh, just, you know, it's really good content. I mean, they cover their stories from the Bucks in North Dakota, and we talk about a lot of good stuff. You do not want to turn this one off early. You better believe it. Let's bring them on. All right, guys, on the phone with us today, we have Team Tag and Brag, Dave and Dean Giorizzo out of the land, Cleveland, Ohio. Gentlemen, what is going on? <laughs> what is up? What's up? <laughs> that, was a, that, was, that was a great intro. I've never been introed by the land before. I like that. Well, you know, it helps that we live so close to you boys, and, you know, we got a little bit of uh, a taste of the land as well, so we, we appreciate the land. Hell yeah. Well, we appreciate you guys for appreciating the land. <laughs> <laughs> I dig it, man. Well, why don't we get into it? Why don't you guys introduce yourself? Tell us uh, where you're from, what you guys do, and uh, how you guys got started hunting. Yeah, so th this is David Girizzo speaking. Um, we are from like a little bit east side of Cleveland. We do a lot of hunting up in western New York, which is only about two hours from our from our house in Cleveland, so it's kind of a pretty easy commute back and forth. but I mean, we got started hunting when we were young, like five, six years old. My dad, my uncle would take us out. They would literally sit us between their feet on the 
on the platform of a ladder stand while they stood the whole time bow hunting, and we watched them sling arrows like it was no tomorrow. Like, we've <laughs> seen it all. I mean, we've seen arrows go in places that they definitely shouldn't. And so, I don't know, it, like, they hooked us from a very young age, and they were always willing to bring us along with them, which was cool. And it, like, honestly, it it's the reason that we're doing what we're doing today because we're so passionate about board of hunting. We're so passionate about like what it's done for us as people, and we want to spread it. We want to we want to show it off to the world and make other people, you know, hope that we can introduce other people into it the same way and they can enjoy it just like we do. Awesome, man. Well, what about you over there, Dean? What's what's going on with you, man? Well, yeah, this is uh, Dean Zero. I'm uh, about uh, two years younger than Dave over there. But, yeah, I mean, I don't want to get done in what, what, what Dave said. But, yeah, we, we grew up fighting this family, passion for hunting through three different generations. And, you know, it's funny, Dave and I are at a close enough age when we grew up together doing the same thing. Um, we actually both ended up going to Ohio State. So we just were able to stay close. You know, growing up through the years, and you know, we kind of formed this team through through hunting and uh, found our passion. Uh, it's been a it's been a wild ride. It's, it's been a lot of fun. That's awesome, man. How did uh, how did Tag and Brag kind of come along? Like, where did you come up with the name Team Tag and Brag? You know what? We were just like BS and throwing like yeah, it just kind of came about. It actually started with Tag it and Brag it, and then we got rid of the Brag it and or the it on both ends. Um, well, yeah, but honestly, what a lot of people don't know is that, like, we started Tag and Brag as a social media website for hunting and fishing. So we started it as basically, like, our vision was to create, like, a Facebook or Instagram for just specifically for the outdoors. And so that's kind of where, like, the Tag and Brag name came from. It wasn't trying to be, like, you know, cocky or anything like that, but it was, you know, kind of literal yeah, really, with yeah. the with the it name had nothing to do with dave and i to begin with it was yeah it was right other, it was, other business vision and um, and in the meantime dean and i had a camera in our hands we were filming our own hunts we started our own youtube channel and we basically were like you know we can use the same brand and kind of promote social media website and then everybody that gets on the social media website will then be directly connected to us through our videos and stuff and so it'll kind of work in pendulum and, and as far as like growing our own brand and stuff like that. And that's honestly how it started. Like our vision to start Tag and Drag was to create a, a social network for other people to basically share their hunting experiences too. And it, I mean, developing a website and a phone app is, is not fun or um and it and it just you know we got burnt out with it and at the same time like our youtube channel and and we were growing our following because of like dean and i because of our personalities and and us putting ourselves out there on video and so like the what the website and the phone app was literally draining us of all of our energy that we put in to building our own brand from like us from us too and so we finally we were like you know this is crazy we're doing something that we don't want to do and sacrificing something that we do want to do and that we're good at and so we kind of dropped the whole social media side of things and just focused on ourselves and our content and and that really has propelled us over the last like three years you know to be where we are today yeah you refocus your energy in something that you love that's pretty cool because i mean really you were trying to go out and basically create what go wild is now you know a, a hunter and outdoorsman's 
kind of social media platform where it's specific to us, you know, and I think that's pretty cool. And I, I didn't know that about you guys. And I didn't know that's where the name actually came from. Um, because it can be taken. If you look at, you know, what you're doing now and look at the name, it could be taken, I guess, in that kind of sense of, um, these guys are, you know, kind of brag. Yeah. A little arrogant or a little cocky, (laughs) but then you watch your stuff and it's like, okay, they're nothing like that at all. I mean, right. not even the least bit would I say you guys are anywhere near the representative of something like that. So uh, that's pretty cool. Cool story. And, I, you know, taking it back farther before we jump too deep into this, I picture you guys like when you were talking about going out with your dad at a real early age and your uncles and they're just throwing arrows all over the place. I, I picture them with like aluminum arrows and, you know, the the first generations of compound bows or uh, traditional archery and, and that, that relates to me. And like when my dad first got into it, and my older brother, I mean, that's what they did. You know, that, that's what the best stories come from. You know, when they were over in Ohio and he's just flinging arrows six feet over the back, <laughs> one of the biggest bucks he's ever seen. <laughs> you know, he finally hits a, like a pine limb and it, it just like skims past the deer and he just <laughs> walks off. <laughs> well, it, the crazy part was then like there was no, there was no passing here. Like, yeah. you didn't pass anything. Like, if you saw something in bow range, especially <laughs> with horns, shot at it. Like, that mm-hmm. was the bare bones of it. Like, there, <laughs> there was no, so it was luck of the draw. So it could have been a, you know, 140-inch eight-point. It could have been a basket six that walked by you, but it didn't matter what it was. <laughs> Arrows were flying. Like, they were filling tag. That's just how, I mean, that's how it was back then. So, it's it, it's crazy too how much you know how much hunting has changed yeah. since we've all since we all started and we grew up you know if you're a if you're a six seven eight year old kid now and you got a dad or whatever a family that's like diehard into managing these deer and stuff like that it's different it's just it's not the same experience as we all got growing up which you know maybe good or bad but it it is what it is yeah good bad or indifferent I mean I guess the experience yeah. of being out in the woods and introducing young people to the outdoors is what we strive for. But I agree. There's something to be said with the way we grew up into hunting and, you know, the way we had an appreciation for it. I think that's uh, just a wonderful thing. I, you know, I remember the first deer you see, how riled up you get, and then you get an archery hunting, and it takes it to a whole nother level than when you got a rifle in your hand, man. I mean, it the first deer, when it's close and you see the breath coming out of its mouth and you see the dimples on its nose, it's like, that right there is why we love it. I mean, it's exactly. just, dude, it's what it's all about. <laughs> I think it was funny when you were talking about uh, when, when after you were responding to Chuck and you said, if you saw anything with horns, you shot at it. <laughs> it wasn't like, a, oh, yeah, oh, you just yeah. shot that deer. It was, no, you shot at it. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I mean, like you said, it was aluminum arrows. It was like a different, there was three different broadheads for sure like nothing was the same and i mean like the like uh i don't even know what they were like iron tin sights that were like yeah it was like a little box and then you like put own pins in there and you could put as many in there as you wanted oh my gosh no i mean when fiber optics came out it was like the craziest thing ever yeah exactly and i remember fingers yeah yeah Shooting those, we were shooting fingers. That's crazy. Like, That's crazy. You wouldn't, even, you wouldn't even think about doing that now. Not, I mean, not with a compound. No. 
No. <laughs> no, I, no, you're right. I mean, I, I just, as you're talking, I'm just thinking back to like the earliest of the early days when my dad used to do it and, you know, and the equipment he had and how he progressed through it and, you know, just all kind like the release part of it, like you said, starting with fingers and then going to like this little handheld contraption that you kind of used as a release and then you know yeah. the, the first wrist strap came out and i think that's what i'm still hunting with the first ever that came out but <laughs> you know <laughs> it was like oh my gosh and things get so advanced so quickly archery today is just it's kind of incredible where it's coming and not too long of a point of point of time it, i know you're right i mean it, it is crazy i mean i we literally, so we got hooked up with uh, Burris Optics this year, oh. and they sent us they sent us one of their new Oracle bow sights, and yep. it's got a rangefinder on it. Yes, and it's they like, do. I mean, I we I literally was just like reading and putting it together last night, and you know, trying to get ready because I mean, I don't know, I'm not like I'm not all about that, but I I feel like we need to try it because they you know they it's one of their pieces of equipment and you know we need to give them some feedback and stuff anyway but i mean it's nuts like you literally can you point like there's like a a light up dot for your 20 yard pin and Mm -hmm. then dimmer dots show up lower as as you range the deer and basically you point like the 20 yard pin on the deer and it and 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 that initially gets your range and then another dot comes up for like where you should shoot and i'm like this is out of control like, <laughs> this is crazy <laughs> like what is going on here oh uh, dude if they had the equipment we have today what to say 20 years ago there probably would be no deer left for us <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> they would have killed them all <laughs> oh man that oracle is intense so i i just recently listened to another podcast where they talked all about it and um, the functionality of it. I don't even know if it's legal in Pennsylvania or if it's just now legal in Pennsylvania or not with the rangefinder sights. I think as long as you don't have like a projecting laser, you're okay. Right. So I think it would be fine here. I think previously it was it was definitely outlawed, but I think when the Garmin came out, that yeah. was like the big thing at ATA. The Garmin yep. came out and then Pennsylvania kind of reestablished how their rules with electronics went. But right. Yeah, I think it might be legal now. I don't know. I think it is. Yeah. I'd have to go on the website. You can go on uh, Burris' website, and they they show you a map of all the states that are are legal. Yeah, I'm sure they have. Yeah. Pretty intense. In in North Dakota, you can't have any battery on your site. Like, your site cannot be battery operated at all. So even, like, one of those lights that you, like, twist to make your LEDs light up more, you can't have it. Okay. It's crazy. Hmm. Yeah, that's Mine does. (laughs) Yeah. You know, even some of the cheaper sites now have them. You know, Trophy know. Trophy Ridge, that's what they've oh. gone to. A lot of their sites have that little twist. Mine died because right. they always come, they always turn on and you don't know it in the daylight. <laughs> Mine's been dead for yeah, like three you burn, years. You end up burning it out anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm not buying another one of those batteries. They're too expensive. <laughs> but, <laughs> you guys should be, you guys should probably podcast because you, you pulled a perfect transition there into the North Dakota hunt. Uh, so I, I want to jump into that because. Not one, but both of you sons of guns put down some slammers this year in North Dakota already this year. Not to mention the monster you got last year. I thought when I was looking at that, it was a side picture of the buck you shot this year and the buck you shot last year. And then I realized that both of you killed a buck this year. And I was like, are you guys serious right now? 
You serious, Clark? <laughs> so why don't you guys talk about that a little bit? Bring us on your trip with you to North Dakota. Well, Dean, you might as well start it off because it started off on night one. Yeah, I mean, it was a it was crazy different trip this year because usually Dave and I plan like ten to twelve days out there to hunt, and one of our best buddies growing up actually was just a good family friend, one of my personal best friends, and just you know. And Tony was like, family, you know, she decides to get married on September 6th. So we got to go out there. And now we have like six, basically six tons. I would say it's more like five because if we would have hunted, if we would have ended up hunting the six sites, got something, we'd have been screwed. We would have been, oh, we'd no, have been rolling up to his wedding like, you know, the hangover. But <laughs> 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 with camo sure. and face with paint on. Like, in the back <laughs> of the truck. <laughs> like Matt Prince, really crazy, really. <laughs> so, so, but yeah, the, we we ended up going out there on an extra day early, actually three before the season started, because we're like, we just need to get as much time out there as we can, go out and be prepared as prepared as we can with limited time hunting. But we hunted night one, and we were actually in a spot that we weren't originally thinking we were going to go in and hunt. It's one of our the landowners up there, their newer farm, and their son. Uh, who we teach the bow hunt likes to hunt, but anyway, he told us, he's like, go in there and hunt. And we didn't see a deer till that well, till 45 minutes from the park. And Dave and I set up this little ground blind. It not even, it's a, it's a man-made blind. We bushed ourselves in to this little patch of trees and we were hunting this little plot that was actually in the middle, like surrounded by, I don't know, what is it, 160 acres of corn? That's crazy. Mm-hmm. But this stud, I mean, I, yeah, this stud buck comes in at 40, 45, 47, and then before we knew it, he was out to 60 yards. It happened so fast, but it was broad daylight and opening day, and we were, like, thrown right into the mix. Like, I was so antsy. I didn't know if I should shoot or not, but it was, you know, it was a, it was a far shot. But this deer was a stud, and it's the first deer we see, you know, of the 2019 deer season, and it's the deer we went in there after, just a huge, heavy, he's actually a 10, you know, a, a 10 point, but he's, his twos and threes were so, so tall. And he's sitting out there fat for like 15 minutes at the 58, 60 yards. And I'm like, do I really, like, I can't toss an arrow at 60, you know, on the first night. It was just such a crazy situation. But he ended up skirting off before dark. And, you know, I never, I never released an arrow. And that deer was all over our camera for three weeks straight, literally almost every night. And he was there. He was on one of our cameras in daylight basically every three nights. And that was the last time we saw him. He never showed up on camera the rest of the week. So we were, yeah, it was just a crazy way to to start. But I ended up hunting the next two or three nights. Um, It was kind of, it was kind of slow. And then, you know, our landowners, Son, they were out of town. He usually hunts with us the first weekend uh, we're out there. And he was out of town, really wanted to hunt with us. So they were coming back on Monday. It was Labor Day. And, you know, he asked to hunt with us. So just being three of us, Dave's like, I'm going to take him to this spot. And, you know, I went and self-filmed. But that's, this is how David's hunt all, uh, all kind of unfolded. It is crazy I now that we're, like, talking through it. But, like, essentially, Kane got me my deer because i wasn't it was the first time i hunted all week and if if dean and i were just hunting together we would have been in the spot where we originally saw the big one on opening day 
but since we, but since Kane wanted to go, we had to split up. And Kane, I mean, he's 14 years old. He hasn't ever really been in a tree stand before. So, you know, we we're setting up with like sticks that with hang-ons. It's just not the most ideal setup for somebody to get to a tree for the first time. So I decided to take him to this dirt mound and we had been scouting up there a couple days before the season. We saw this nice 10 point real wide and, but he, he was feeding in, in a sunflower field probably like, I don't know, close to a quarter mile away from this alfalfa field. And we, but a lot of the deer were coming. There was basically, there was a sunflower field. There was a huge corn field that split the alfalfa field and the sunflower field. And the deer would get into the corn and disappear. And then 10 minutes later, all of a sudden they'd start filing out into the alfalfa and they would literally feed out into the alfalfa all afternoon. I honestly think they literally laid out in this field all night and then they made their way back into bed. Well, it, on this, on, on Labor Day, it literally at like four o'clock, we got a storm that was a literal monsoon for like 45 minutes. I mean, oh. it was raining sideways. Like they were, they called for 60 plus mile an hour winds and like an inch size hail. And we never got the hail where we were at, but the wind was out of control and it went so hard. It was enough. It changed. I mean, it was sunny all day and it changed so fast. The temperature had to have dropped 15 degrees. And we knew we're watching the radar and we knew like, this storm is going to stop like a little after five o'clock. We're going to have a little over three hours of daylight and it's supposed to clear out and be sunny again. And I, and Dean and I are both looking at each other like this is the perfect storm. You know, if it rains this hard, if it's, if it's this violent of weather, these deer are going to want to shake themselves off. They're going to want to stand up. And once they're up, they're probably going to be up for the evening. Definitely. And, and where, where I took Kane to the alfalfa field, that's exactly how it went. We literally got in at like six o'clock and, we literally were, were making our little man-made blind up on this little mo- this little dirt mound right on the edge of the corn and the alfalfa and Kane. I mean, I'm literally like getting situated still, and Kane's like, "I see, I see two bucks. They're in the el- or they're in the uh, sunflower field." I glass them. I'm like, "They disappear in the corn." I'm like, "Kane, they're they're coming right here. Like, they, I know what I know what they're gonna do. I we've seen them on camera." We've seen these bucks on camera. Dean and I observed them for a couple days before the season. Like, I know exactly what they're going to do. And the bigger 10 point was not, he was always showing up, like, right at dark. I mean, it was 8.15, 8.30. But he was getting more and more towards that, like, you know, light, the last half hour of light phase. And these, sure enough, these three bucks get into the alfalfa field. They start feeding their way up to us. And Kane, who was with me, he had his bow, too. He is, he's gotten into bow hunting because of us, essentially. That's and awesome. So that is so cool. N- never killed anything with his bow yet, but he's been out with us like Dean said the last couple of years. Just, he's been shooting a lot over the last couple of years trying to build up his strength. And he's finally strong enough this year where, you know, we're like, dude, you could probably, you could probably kill something now. So he hasn't, he hadn't been shooting his bow a ton over the last month. And, but he brought it with us, whatever. Well, when this, there's two smaller bucks and like this, you know, two and a half year old beast to eight point. They're feeding right towards us. And he was like, I want to shoot this eight point. I'm like, Hey, are you sure? And he's like, yes, I want to shoot him. I want to shoot him. You know, you're here with me. I want to shoot him, whatever. So these bucks are feeding to us. And I'm like, you know, I'm prepping them. I'm, I'm trying to walk them through like what to do. You know, you're going to get a shot at this and this is what we're going to wait for. Wait till you get the 20 yards or in broadside, this and that, whatever. And I, Oh, he was getting nervous. Like he was getting, 
he's like, you know, I don't know, David, like, what if the big one comes? I don't want to ruin it for you, this and that. Like, if the big one is coming, like, I, I want you to shoot them. And I'm like, hey, just, you know, you know, relax. You know, let's focus on this deer. This deer's the one in front of us. I'm like, the big one's not going to come until right before dark. Well, we're literally sitting there. And this, and I mean, we were playing cat and mouse trying to get Kane a shot for 15 to 20 minutes. This thing was at like 25 yards and 30 yards and 35 yards. And he, he just wouldn't like come in close enough. The other little ones were at like 15. And we could hear more deer coming through the corn, like right next to us, but we couldn't peek up far enough to see. And I'm filming this eight point and Kane's like, there's another deer. There's another deer right next to us. There's another deer right next to us. I'm like, I know, I know, you know, just, you know, be cool, whatever. He's like, I think it's the big one. I'm like, Kane, there's no way it's the big one. It was like seven o'clock. <laughs> I mean, we had an hour and a half of daylight and he's like, I think it's a big one. I'm like, no way. All of a sudden into the viewfinder on the camera steps in the big one i'm like oh my god Kane's like oh you have to shoot him like you have to shoot him so now we got to switch spot in this little grass <laughs> nest we got going on this molehill <laughs> and i mean long story short we switched spots ended up pulling off pulling off a shot i hit the deer a little back and we ended up having to go out the next morning went out the next morning he was still alive in the alfalfa field i had to put like a 300 yard stalk on him in the wide open alfalfa and and ended up getting another shot into him and getting it done. But, I mean, the cool part was, with, like, having Kane there to experience, you know, just like we were talking about earlier, our dad took us bow hunting, sent us, in, you know, in between their feet on a ladder stand. We witnessed all sorts of stuff go on. And so for him to be there to witness, you know, that hunt, it was, I mean, it was pretty incredible. Yeah, that's awesome, man. We're always talking to people and and. and- trying to get our new friends to go out and getting kids involved. And I really love that. And that's something that's really special. I mean, even though he's not your kid or anything like that, but it it kind of, it's kind of the same thing. You feel good about it. Mm -hmm. You do. I mean, you you know, it's, it's something that you were taught as a kid and, and you, you know, I mean, we're all passionate about it. We value, you know, what hunting's done for each one of us. And, and so to be able to pass that on, um, is it, yeah it feels good i mean there's really no other way, way to put it it, just, it feels good so yeah. to be able to experience that with him you know be able to experience killing a deer with him and for him to be able to experience a deer getting killed with a bow you know even more for me was like okay like that kind of it was a little knock on his belt you know what i mean like he's experienced it we went through you know the hit how the deer reacted and and all the stuff so there was so much that he learned within that hunt and so that i mean honestly that that means more to me than than getting the deer itself, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I I definitely agree with you there. And you know what what amazed me about that was at 14 years old. That was the first year I got into bow hunting as well. And I'll tell you, he acted even way past his age and maturity level during that whole thing. And you can watch the whole thing on your Facebook. And I'm telling you, like just the fact that he knew that he was going to be too nervous or not prepared enough to take a shot on that size of buck and to switch places with you and get you, you in know? there. That was something that hit me right off the bat. I'm like, wow, this kid, like, I know if I was 14, I saw that deer coming in. I I mean, I'd sell an arrow over his back, but I would be all about trying to shoot that deer. And for him to right. know, and and I don't know if that comes from, you know, probably from him hanging out with you guys and learning and learning the experience through you. And you you've obviously taught him the right way. And I think that's going to go a long way with that kid. That He's going to remember that hunt forever, man. Um, you know, that's well, something you'll talk about 10 years down the road from now. Oh, easily. And, I, and that's exactly what I told him, you know. And it was, 
it was that that was the cool part is I, you know I kept telling him I'm like Kane you know that we you and I we will remember this moment right now for the rest of our lives and I I mean it it's true you know that I can replay that whole hunt and the converse you know the the conversations that we had back and forth and switching spots and just the the nerves that we both had I mean I'm nervous because I'm like I gotta make a shot here like I you know I got him with me I'm trying to you know be like some sort of a role model for him or teach him like different stuff within the sport of bow hunting and everything and so it's just like there's a lot more to it than just making the shot meanwhile we're all trying to get this thing on film and everything it was just it was nuts it was nuts so it, it was honestly kick off the trip that way and not even to kick it off but um you know to, i guess kick off our season that way was it couldn't have gone any better quite honestly and yeah. then you know that led up to us moving spots and I mean, Dean can kind of take it from here, but for Dean to get an opportunity, which is really what I wanted the most out of the whole trip in general, um, it was, it just, yeah, it couldn't have happened any more perfect. No, that's awesome, man. Awesome buck to, to just <laughs> kick it off with. I yeah. mean, congratulations on that. That, that's really a tremendous buck. Thank you. I appreciate it. You did it again. You did it again. Yeah, buck. <laughs> he was a, uh, it was, yeah, that deer's a, deer's a stud. And it's funny because Dave, you know, he was, he was letting me hunt at least first this year, and he didn't really find out he was hunting because we didn't know we were going to be hunting with Kane until it was like one o'clock, yeah. one two o'clock maybe. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was the afternoon. Was so mentally, a different plan. Yeah, mentally, you had to get yourself prepared to hunt fairly quickly. Yeah, very. Oh, yeah, and it, you know that is all part of it too, is being prepared mentally more than you know more than even physically. You can shoot your bow all you want throughout the summertime, but if you're not mentally prepared to go into that kill mode and stuff, it is, I mean, that's a whole different aspect of things that people don't really talk about or, or think about. It's all about, you know, if you can shoot good on the range, that should correlate to the wood or to the to the real thing, but that's not always the case. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the mental game has to be on point. you got to have a strong mental game to really get something like that done, especially on bigger bucks and being the first deer you shoot all year. I think that makes it even harder because usually, you know, we like to kind of try to stack up on some dough or at least get, you know, some opportunities with some dough or close calls and try to kill one or two just to get, you know, maybe more into that mental game. So when you do get an opportunity of a great buck like that, you know, you're that much more focused. And to come out of it, like you you basically came off the bench, man, and just hit a three-pointer to win the game. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're right. You're right. I came off the bench cold and... And uh, we made it happen. It was cool. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's awesome, man. All right, Dave. Yeah, you're up, brother. That, yeah, that transitioned into really, like I said, it was it was our second last night to hunt, but hunting that last night wouldn't have been wouldn't have been good. I mean, what I, I hunted there, I think four not four straight nights in a row, and this year wasn't on the camera anymore. I hadn't seen him since the first night, so I was just like, all right, I need to. I need to change this up. And Dave and I had a spot, a camera, on a piece of non posted, which in North Dakota, if farmers don't post their land, you can, you're, you're free to hunt it. It's essentially public land. So we, we were always driving around scouting when we're up there, just looking for different spots. And, you know, sometimes we come across non posted land. Well, usually they get hunted, but, you know, sometimes we put a camera up just to see what's there. Well, we have the spot. I mean, it's literally a little island of woods and there's, cattail flues that is attached to it but it's literally like an island of woods that i mean it's got to be four to three to five acres inside in a farm that's 160 
Actually, it's more than that. 320. Yeah, 320. <laughs> so it's a huge section of beams. And we've had, we had a camera in the same spot last year, but we, we never hunted this spot because they're like, it's so hard to hunt. Like you have to, to get into this patch of woods, like you have to walk in there and you have to try to hunt the edge of it because you feel like if any deer in, in a square mile is, you know, on your trail camera, he's got to be bedding in this patch of wood. So it's like, how do you even go in there and hunt? You're going to boot him out of there. Yeah. So the, we were, we actually had like south wind the whole week and that we just felt like the only way to, to get in and out of this particular patch of woods was we, we needed something more north and we, none, we were getting, um, a couple nice bucks, one in particular on this camera consistently. And we, they were, he was always in the, at night. It was always that. So we're like, you know, maybe he's got to just be coming from a far way away, but it was just so weird because like we're, we couldn't figure out where this could even be. It's, it's the, the nearest cover is just so far. But we, this last night, the, uh, the night after David got his, it was going to be really, really windy and we finally had a north wind. So, Actually, the night David ended up shooting his, before that, it was a breezy day, too. And we went in there thinking maybe we had to set up a ground blind because the trees are just so short in this little patch. And we kind of decided, you know, we got we to gotta hang a little solo stand in here. You couldn't put two people in a, in a tree in there. It would just you would have looked ridiculous. <laughs> and so there was this little tree, straight-up tree. It's kind of wide at, like, eight or nine feet. And we hung a little solo stand. Literally, the platform was probably eight and a half, nine feet off the ground. Oh, man. And we knew this north wind was coming in. And the next day, I'm like, you know, let's just put the stand up here. Well, it'll be an option for tomorrow, if, you know, if we need it. And, you know, David ended up shooting this thing. I was burned out with the sun. So, really, I'm like, I'm going to give this a try. These, the buck that we wanted to go in there after was on the camera at six in the morning. And it was, it's usually breaking daylight right after that. And we're like, man, he's got to be bedding very, like, close to here if he's not in this patch of wood. So, and I snuck into that spot. You know, it was a chucking, like, 30 mile an hour wind. Well, I got in there, didn't see a deer until the last 30 minutes. Um, David actually went up and scouted. He went up and sat about four to 600 yards away, way up on this hill, and he was just going to kind of scout this whole area that I was hunting, because I figured, you know what, if these deer are coming from a long way away, maybe Dave will see them, you know, before I do. Yeah, you're kind of pulling, uh, pulling a little page out of your playbook from your first year out there, huh? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Eyes in the sky, I like it. So, it's crazy, it got to like 15 minutes before, maybe 20 minutes before legal shooting, and I'm thinking in my head that David like I'm almost relaxed because I'm like David's gonna see the these deer if they if they're coming toward me before I do. So I was almost like waiting for him to alert me some way, you know. Mm -hmm. And it got to 15 minutes before legal shooting, and I didn't, I you know, I got nothing from him. So I'm like these deer are, you know, they're no they're nowhere near here tonight. You know, they're just not here because I'm thinking in my head there can't be a deer in my little patch of woods like that. I'm physically in. They have to be coming here. Well, get to like 12 minutes, 10 minutes before we go shooting. And I hear it, it, the wind laid right down to an absolute like dead quiet because you're a pin drop. Well, all of a sudden, like out of nowhere, I can hear, you know, that distinctive crunch. Oh, yeah. Too. And as soon as I hear it, I'm like, this deer is 12, 
to 15 yards from me. I'm like, he's right behind me or, or this deer is. And all of a sudden, like, I hear another crunch and I look <laughs> at that moment, this deer, I'm like, this deer's right next to my tree. And I'm thinking in my head, how did he get there? <laughs> but I'm also thinking, who the hell, like, what is this? I can't see him right now. He's right behind me. And I couldn't even, like, I couldn't even make the noise to look, you know, at the deer was that quiet. <laughs> well, finally, I glanced down right next to my tree, and it's this little, he's like a little four-point. But Dave and I both remembered in the, in the uh, looking at trail cameras, this little buck was always with this big deer that we were in there after. So... Me, like, my heart starts pounding. And as soon as I recognize that it was like this four point, I hear like two more crunches. I mean, it's 15 yards to my left. And this little patch of wood that I'm in is real thick. So all I can really see well is out into the beams. And I'm, I'm close to the, I'm right on the edge of the field. But all I, well, I look to my left through the cover, 15 yards, and all I see is like a rack just <laughs> walking r- right at my tree, right at me. And, and now I got this little buck underneath me. I'm eight and a half feet off the ground, so I can't, like, do a whole lot without making noise. <laughs> yeah. So before I know it, this big buck is on top of me. Like, I'm, he is directly underneath me. It's dead quiet. And I'm taking my hand with the camera because I'm filming myself, and I'm trying to get the camera at him. And I'm also, I had the camera settings on, like, broad daylight because I hadn't seen the deer. <laughs> Oh, so I'm trying to like touch the touch screen with my thumb to, you know, brighten the camera up a little bit. This deer, like he's sniffing the ground, sniffing the ground all of a sudden. He just slowly goes from the base of my tree, follows the tree up and boom, he's locked on me. And I feel like I can like touch the tip of his antlers. Like <laughs> he is, he's so close to me and I got my bow, me, you know, my camp, my tree arm and everything. And he's just staring at me at like 10 feet. And I'm like, okay. Don't look at him. Don't look at him in the eyes. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, I, this deer's not going to give it up. He's locked right on me. Well, he kept putting his head down. He did like two of those little, I don't like this kind of stomps. And then he starts turning right away from me because he could sense something wasn't up, but he didn't make out what I was. And as soon as he turned dead away from me to where he wasn't looking at me anymore, he was going to walk out into the beam. So I started to draw and we can hear in the footage, you can actually hear my arrow sliding on my rest. Well, I think he heard that because he didn't even look back. He just took off down the field edge like 20 yards out like in the cover again. And I'm like, you have to be kidding me. I just blew that. Oh, no. Yeah, no doubt and, about it, man. It had to have been your arrow because you can hear it in the audio. Yeah, right. And I didn't even, I, I mean, I wasn't hearing that in the moment. But mm-hmm. we noticed that after the fact. And yeah, he just sent that, heard it. And was like, I'm gone. Like, this is. I already saw something. I don't know what it was. But as soon as I think I, like, blow it, like, first of all, he runs into the cover. I have a little hole on his shoulder. And I got my pin right on it. And I'm like, crap. Like, I don't have to, the camera's not even on him. So I let my bow down, point the camera in his direction. You know, I, like, zoom out a little bit. I'm like, and he's just standing there for a second. Well, before I know it, he's, he, like, gave it up. And he's walking back towards us down the field. I'm like, fork me again. <laughs> and I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. He's going to. so. I'm going, like, my heart is in my throat. Um, it's The fact that it's dead silent is, like, adding to all this because I can't move a muscle. Well, he starts angling out into the beans, and he wants to, like, he's committed to going by me, and he didn't know what I was enough to scoop him enough. So he turned around, he came back, and as soon as he gets into an opening, yeah, I it was, like, 12 yards. <laughs> I drew and let him have it, and he ran out into the beans, and I, 
I hit him a little bit back farther than what I wanted to, but it ended up actually, it, it was a better shot than I, I thought. I, I actually may have seen him go down while I was, while I was in the tree still, but he was standing out there for a minute. I climbed down. I was just like going nuts and we, we let him go overnight just because I thought it was back and he was, he was laying right where I last saw him in the morning. That but is awesome. Dave and I were just freaking out. Like this buck is, uh, we were seeing him on, like I said, it was just, they were night photos. We honestly didn't think we were going to have a really good shot at killing this buck, but just an awesome framed mainframe pen with a huge split, you know, um, huge split on his two. And he's just such a cool, like, looks like a mule deer kind of rack. My first deer in velvet. Yeah, it was just, it was insane how it all came together like that. The weather cooperated. It was just the perfect day to get in there one time and hunt that, that one location and, and get it done. But, the even crazier thing is, is so Dave drops me off in the truck on the one side of this little patch of wood because it's like an abandoned, it's almost like a little abandoned farm. Well, I walked basically 180 degrees around it to hunt the other side of it to get into my stand. Well, Dave didn't see these deer. And the reason he didn't see these deer is because they were bedding in the woods that I was in. Oh, like, I, prob- I probably walked had no idea. But I had to have walked within 30 yards of these deer, like, getting into my tree stand. And they had no idea. That is freaking nuts, man. Yeah. yeah. You and, just got to be thankful that your your camo paid off, or they just were sleeping or not paying attention, or they well, were texting you, well, yeah, or something. I, yeah, I think, when I, I think when I got in, it was just so windy. Yeah. So these deer bed and these tall cattail grasses, and I just think they couldn't see me, and they definitely didn't hear me. And... When they came in, that's why I didn't hear them coming from a long way away. Like, I think literally just got up and started coming my way. But, I mean, like, I can't say enough about the camo from being in the tree. Because, I mean, what mature buck at literally 10 feet stares at you? And, you know, usually they just don't give it a chance. It's like, uh, even if this is iffy, I'm getting out of here. Well, he just wasn't, he couldn't make out what I was at that close of a distance. And it was, yeah, I was, I was, my mind was blown. That's awesome, man. You guys are rocking the uh, the Rocky, right? Yeah, the yeah. Rocky Predator. Yeah, that's pretty gnarly looking. It's, I tell you what, it, like, all times a year, it just, it blends in so well. I'm so impressed. We got hooked up with Rocky, like, three years ago, and we started wearing this pattern, and honestly, it's grown on me every single year that we've, that we've used it. It's just, it, I don't know what it is, but it blends in so well. You know, it doesn't matter early season middle of the season rut or late season it it just seems it it keeps us concealed i'll tell you that much and dean's dean's hunt is a huge testament to that because i mean like you said at feet when that buck looks at him and literally you know just like stares him down for a while and then he got a little bit you know just because of that sixth sense but gave it up enough to be able to come back and give him a second shot at it's almost unheard of on a on a buck like that. You know what I mean? Absolutely, man. Yeah, especially after hearing a weird noise, and you know, right. normally a deer would put two and two together, but he obviously had no real idea what you were or if you were any like direct danger to him. Right. There's just so much to gain from this hunt. Like, I have so many questions going through my mind from this particular hunt. One, I mean, just for the things. Uh, as far as what you did right, like waiting for that north wind and a windy day where you could get into an area you knew deer were going to be laying down in and you walked right past him at 30 yards, blows my mind. Um, job well done on that one. But to kind of touch on a couple other points and then go into a question, you know, 
another thing you guys mentioned throughout the story, both of you, is, you know, you were after bucks and you had trail cameras up and you were seeing and patterning deer doing one thing all the time, but you still had the faith to go in there and actually throw a sit at them. That that can go a long way with a lot of people that put too much trust in the trail camera. You know, they see one thing on a trail camera and, you know, they, they see a pattern and they don't even want to go after a deer because, oh, it's all night pictures. Well, that one day where the weather changes or something happens, that deer's out in daylight, you're not in that tree stand because you put too much faith into a trail camera. Um, For and, sure. You know, and then my I guess my question after all that is wh- what do you really contribute to what made, what do you think made those deer change that pattern and, you know, get up on their feet? Like, you know, for Dave's buck, you said he wasn't coming out till last 10 minutes of light and he was up an hour and a half before dark. And then, you know, on Dean's buck, he was all dark and he was up, you know, last half hour walking around. What do you, what do you think caused that? I mean, Honestly, I think, yeah, go ahead, Dave. No, I mean, from, from my hunt, like it was the, it was the rain, that rainstorm caused it. I mean, it was, like I said, it was the perfect storm. And to your point, Chuck, like there, you, you can't rely to, you have to listen to your trail cameras, mm-hmm. but then you have to listen to the weather too and understand when the deer are going to move based on the weather patterns and things changing. And that's like more oftentimes than not, especially early season, but really all season is that change in weather that gets the deer up, whether it's like a constant south wind for three or four days and all of a sudden it changes north and you get a 10 degree temperature drop or mm-hmm. in this case you know it was sunny all day it had been sunny for three or four days prior to that and all of a sudden we got like a monsoon of rain and dropped like 15 degrees and the pressure the barometric pressure shot through the roof in the midst of that rainstorm so like the deer are feeling all that and everything's changing and when it all times up perfect like that Really, you have to rely on your trail cameras to know that deer are in that area at that specific time, you know, or or in generally in that time. But then for us, it's paying attention to those weather patterns to say, okay, you know, the wind is right, the weather's right, it's time to go in after this deer. And I mean, yeah, look what happened. Yeah, so use your equipment to know in the pattern where a deer is or where the deer is frequenting and use your woodsmanship and your experience to actually get it done and get that deer killed, which I think is absolutely phenomenal, man. Yeah, and I mean, it was really the same thing with Dean's deer. I mean, like like you said, it was a south wind, and that wind was switching out of the north, and the fact that it was going to be blowing like 30-plus miles an hour all day, and then literally the last hour on the weather, on the on our weather app, it dropped down to like 6, 7 miles per mm-hmm. hour. I'm like, th- you know, that changed is going to spark something you know it's going to spark something in these deer to mate and it and it did to get them up in just amount of time to get you know in front of us for us to get a shot in daylight and stuff so yeah yeah and that deer probably felt he was you know foolproof in the setup he was in walking out into a field wide open field he can see everything with the wind at his back and little did he know that there was a a little Gia Rizzo sitting in a tree ready to poke him. <laughs> Not too high off the ground. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Great stories. That, that, that just a phenomenal trip. Trips like that, man, it, that, that, that's one hell of a September. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's awesome, dude. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was really an incredible trip, especially for if you want to, you know, 
we had we had six hunts to get it done, and we we got two we shot two bucks in, in five hunts. Just, yeah. yeah, it was it was an incredible trip. Yeah, yeah, I, I probably would have got a new friend and not went to that wedding and spent the other five days in North Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> That's just me. So is North trust Dakota? Me, we were, trust me, we were debating. Yeah, <laughs> how good of a friend <laughs> is he? <laughs> Right. Yeah. So, well, is North Dakota the only state you guys uh, have chased velvet bucks in early season? Yeah. I mean, yeah. We this is our seventh year going up there. Wow. So you know, it's it's we put in our time up there, and and it's such a good connection now with the family that we go, you know, that whose property that we go hunt and and getting their younger kids involved in it and stuff like that. It's it's almost like it's not. We don't even ask anymore. They don't even ask if we're coming it's kind of expected at this point and i mean i know there's a lot of other states to have that opportunity in and you know to go try and shoot a velvet deer in but the connection that we have up there and you know it's feeling like family at this point it's tough not to spend that first week of september in north dakota for us yeah man that's really cool that's like a deer camp you know an early season deer camp away from home with with extended family kind of feel that that's really cool because i was i was going to ask you know I don't know if you guys have ever done like the Kentucky thing or whatnot, but would you ever would you ever trade in that North Dakota hunt if you had the chance to go chase them somewhere else? You know, I don't know. Ian and I talk about it and stuff too, and we want to get out and do some western hunting, you know, elk and mule deer and yeah. some more spot and stock stuff. But it would be tough not to spend that first week in North Dakota and, yeah. and try and plan, the, you know, another hunt around that. It just, you know, it's just, I mean. The place is so special to us now, the land, the people, you know, the people within the little community that we stay in are all, we're all getting to know a lot of those people too. And, you know, they almost expect us now and stuff every year. So it, you know, it's a fun little reunion going back up there and seeing everybody and being able to hunt and, and just really enjoying, you know, just new experiences and memories that we make up there every year. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can't blame you, man. Honestly. I get the thing of wanting to go out and maybe go do an elk hunt or something like that in September, but whitetail hunting's in your blood. Mm-hmm. You guys yeah. got that spot freaking locked down, man. You guys got it figured out for the most part. You know, the past few years, you guys have been laying down slammers. <laughs> <laughs> I I would have a hard time putting that down, yeah. too, to be honest <laughs> with you. One of the things that, I mean, has made North Dakota what it is, too, is when we went out there seven years ago, we didn't have a damn clue what we were doing. Like, and we didn't, we didn't have a guide. Like, we relied on like locals, you know, to get any information. But the landowner that we haunt, like, he's not a bow hunter. Their family's not bow hunters. So we were literally using knowledge we have from hunting, you know, Midwest, Ohio, and New York, just general deer hunting. We were using that to try to apply it to North Dakota, which is completely different hunting. Definitely. But the first three years, that like, we stuck it out for, like, three years. I mean, the first year we were out there, two or three days into the hunt, we were like, what are we doing out here? There's no deer out here. Like, we were debating that. I mean, it just, you felt like there was no way, even if you saw deer, that you could get close enough to shoot them. It was really cool to grind for the first, you know, one, two, three years to learn how to hunt out there. And I think that's the most rewarding part of it, and that's why we, like, love the trip so much is because we didn't just go out there and you know get thrown in front of deer yeah. you know and try to shoot something we had to figure all this out on our own and it took a couple of years to do it and as we're figuring it out more and more it's just becoming 
<laughs> I feel you, man. No, honestly. And I do want to transition here to maybe like your upcoming season and stuff. But first of all, I wanted to say congratulations to both of you guys. You guys put in a couple of awesome hunts. You guys both shot awesome deer. And the well videos deserved, are, man. it's very well deserved. You guys work hard. And I've been following you guys for a few years. And I love, I, I told Dave earlier, I love and look forward to your guys' North Dakota hunt every year. Yeah. I mean, I've been watching you guys and I, I first learned about you from, um, I think Big Buck Registry like a few years ago when I first started oh, getting nice. into podcasts and oh. stuff. I don't know. It's just kind of blown my mind watching you guys like grow and evolve and, and really become like awesome hunters, man. Yeah. I, I really dig it. And I, I'm kind of fanboying out right now, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> but well, it's cool, man. Well, and I think also for us, like September, that's a month and you know, around here, weather's been phenomenal and you start to get the itch and you know, we're kind of just waiting, sitting, waiting for October and waiting right. for our season to come through. So we got that itch and then, you know, we get to kind of live through you guys in a little bit of a way and through your filming and, uh, you know, your hunting out in North Dakota. And I think that's really cool. And I, you know, I think that's why Austin, and I like you guys so much and uh, kind of what you do. Yeah. You know, and I, I wanted to talk a little bit too about how you guys got into filming your hunts. You know, did it, did you always film your hunts or is that just something you decided whenever you were starting the media page that you, you know, you were going to jump all in and just start filming? Yeah. I mean, I, we always, we grew up with a camera in our hands. Dean and okay. I have always been like clowning in front of a camera. We would take it on snowboarding trips, you know, different family trips. I mean, we, you know, we would, we would, we did like different little bird hunts and stuff like that when we were younger. And we always had a camera with us and we were always filming with my cousins and stuff like that. And just, you know, I don't know, letting our personality sound, I guess. And so, We've always been a fan of like the monster bucks, the Drury's, and you know, we were always infatuated with outdoor TV, and it just kind of all came together, you know, towards the end of like when we were graduating high school and stuff, and the first part of college, we started filming seriously, and we always were like, you know, we always had all these, all this footage and some of these hunts, stuff like that, and, and we were always like, you know, what do we do with them? What do we do with them? Well, finally, we just, we're just like, screw it. We're just going to, we, we taught ourselves how to edit. So we just started putting stuff out there on YouTube and it, and, and it kind of clicked. I think our personalities and just the way that we went about things and the way we went about hunting in a little bit less of a serious manner, more of how like we grew up hunting and how we experienced it for the first time. We tried to display in our videos and, you know, people have gravitated to it. And that's been the coolest part. I mean, as Austin was saying, you've been following for a couple of years. I mean, like hearing that, honestly, like it gives me goosebumps because it's like documenting the journey is what we pride ourselves on and what we enjoy the most. And we've always stayed true to ourselves. We, you know, the cool part is if you, if you talk to people who, you know, have been watching us for the last six or seven years, even, I mean, yeah, we've gotten to be better things. Yeah. We've got, we've got better our equipment. So our filming looks better and stuff like that. But I think like as people and stuff and our general message, it hasn't changed. And that's one, that's one thing that I'm, like extremely proud of is you know we've gotten we have an opportunity to work with sponsors and different companies now and none of that's changed our approach and just you know the the overall and general message that we want to send one and really just bringing people along on our journey in general it's really cool man you know and and through you guys as well some of the things that we've gained you know my brother just bought the the dirt naps the drts 
he's going to try awesome. them out for the first time this year. And I was like, hey, you know what? I I saw that. I know exactly what these broadheads are. I said, I saw them on Tag and Brag. I said, those dudes cr- crush deer with those broadheads. Yeah, they're good broadheads. Like, I would never know that without following you guys and watching what you do that that broadhead even existed. Which That's is cool. Yeah, it was really cool uh, just to kind of put that together this past year when we were out at Harrisburg at the uh, Great American Outdoor Show. He picked up a, a pack of them. So. He's excited. He was flinging him in the yard the other day, getting ready to tune him in. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, man. So, Austin, you wanted to get into a little bit uh, head east to the Ohio season, huh? Yeah, man. I don't want to take up too much of your night, but let's get into it kind of briefly. Like, are you guys excited about your Ohio season, your New York season? You guys got any hit list or bucks that you're uh, really after this year? I mean, I know Don Henley's gone, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> Don. R.I.P. <laughs> Don. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, honestly, it's gonna be it's gonna be a different year for us because we kind of we really don't have a certain buck that we, we you know was a stud last year and we're you know really excited to get after him this year. We got a couple you know nice bucks on the camera in Ohio, but just with the way our summer's gone and how busy we've been and the general patterns of our our land in New York, we. Don't really know what's on our land in New York, but we, it's kind of on purpose because these bucks, a lot of the bucks that we end up hunting in the, in October, November, they don't show up until then. For whatever reason, our farm in New York holds is like a dough portal. Like they just keep, it's just dough. And that's a good thing, you know, in a way, because a lot of these bucks come in in October, but these deer just don't, the bucks don't summer on our property. They never have. And it's really strange, but, frustrating now and throughout the summer because we're just like we want to see some bows like it's it's yeah it gets almost demotivating but you got to stay patient because they'll they'll be there but it's going to be a fun year because it's going to force us to kind of get outside our element and go go find bucks like go find good deer that we want to hunt whether it's on our own land or public we're going to be i feel like this year is going to be one of those years where we're just going to be Kind of spontaneous going to hunt different locations to get on good bucks, especially in Ohio, locally where we're at. You got, you, you probably heard before, we, we got smoked with EHD like three years ago. Yep. And yeah. And these, these bucks are just like the old ones are like three and a half, four and a half years old. They're just getting to their age that we want to start hunting them. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's been, they've just been vacant for the last three years just because there hasn't been any deer. So we, we haven't had a ton to get excited about, you know, locally just because of that. They're just, they've just been young and they still kind of are, but there are a couple of good ones um, around us that, that we'll be going after. No, I can dig that, man. I'm, I'm excited to see what, what kind of comes of it. And, you know, hopefully that little doe factory turns into a little buck factory come the rut. I mean, we'll see what happens, but yeah. I'm rooting for both of you guys, man. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be, uh, I think it will, but I, like I said, I, I kind of like and am excited about kind of branching out and, and it, it, it'll force us to kind of get into some new, new areas, explore some new territory. Cause, you know, sometimes too, you get one really, really good buck on camera. And sometimes it's hard because you could spend a whole season just focusing on that one deer and it, it wears you out. So certainly, you know, branching out and seeing new, new areas is kind of a good, a good refresher. So I'm, I think I'm going to enjoy that. No, absolutely, man. And I, I totally agree with that. And, you know, I've fallen in the trap before trying to hunt a single deer all year for a yes, couple of years. And, you know, it, it is tiring, man. It, it wears you out and it, it kind of makes you, uh, 
kind of think what you're doing is a hunter sometimes, but you know, every once in a while it pays off and, you know, finding new places to hunt and, you know, just kind of surprised by what you find when, when you get there. I mean, scouting and, and getting everything in season might pay off. You never know. Yeah, I'd say that's probably been 99% of my hunting is just what's what's around the next corner. Um, you know, hunting fresh sign, being surprised all the time because we don't own, you know, any real property that we can watch deer from year to year. You know, a lot of the good bucks, if they don't get wiped out in rifle season, it's it's a surprise, you know. So it, it's tough. You, you're just seeing, hey, which which one of those two-and-a-half-year-olds is going to be a stud this year kind of thing. Right. But it's fun, you know. You don't know what, what you're going to get into. You know, we do a lot of our scouting after the season and stuff, and we locate, you know, different areas that we really like. And I, I think it's cool to go after that one deer. And, you know, this year there's a couple deer on the camera that I really kind of want to go after. And uh, it's going to be different for me because I'm not used to that. I'm used to just kind of going into spots that I know have been good and, and seeing what shows up kind of thing. Yeah, and I think that, you know, that little the unknown is a, uh is a cool aspect of things too you know it's just i don't know it kind of brings back like a little bit more of the youth and getting into hunting and that kind of how we grew we all grew up getting into the sport of bow hunting and stuff you know there was no trail cameras back then you weren't hunting a specific deer like we touched on a little earlier it was like any whatever rat stepped around the next corner that's what you were shooting at (laughs) um so you know that aspect of things i think is cool to bring back and so like you were saying and you were saying too i mean i'm i'm excited for that this season at least from our standpoint because we don't have like that one set deer that we're you know so diehard hunting and only focused on him should be a good change of pace for you guys and then you know, you never know. It might be the year that you shoot one of the biggest bucks you've ever shot just for that Ex- same factor. Well, ex- exactly, exactly. It's, it's all how you look at it and how you attack it, you know, with a positive attitude. So, you know, we, we could be down in the dumps, like we don't have anything to hunt, this and that, but we're, we're almost looking at it as an opportunity, you know, to go explore new things. And, and like you said, who knows what you could find? Who knows what you could run into? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, we don't want to keep you guys all night, but for all the people out there that don't know where to find you, like you uh, at ATA with Steve asking people, have they ever heard of Tag and Brag? (laughs) 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 Where can they find you? Website, Facebook, Instagram, all that fun stuff. Yeah, so Instagram, YouTube, and Snapchat are all at Team Tag and Brag. And then on Facebook, it's just at Tag and Brag. And we post our videos on YouTube. We post them on fa- uh, Facebook. And, uh, I mean, we do a lot of live stuff. We are very interactive with our following. So, please, shoot, a me- shoot us a message. Drop us a comment, whatever. Um, get engaged with us. We'd love to hear from you. Love, love to hear what you think about some of our videos and vlogs and stuff like that. Like I said, we're very interactive. So, hit us up. Might have to add you guys on Snapchat because your stories on Facebook and Instagram are just classic. Well, <laughs> If you like the stories on Instagram and Facebook, the ones on Snapchat go a little bit next level because it's more of like a niche following. So yeah. it's a little even less filtered and a little more, yeah, just more. More of us. Awesome. Awesome. Just more. I love it. Just more. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. We'll let you guys know when this comes out. Good luck this year, oh, boys, yeah, man. Go get them. Yeah, no, thank you guys for having us on. We appreciate the time. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thanks, guys. Absolutely, man. No problem. We'll do it again sometime, maybe. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sure. You let us know. 
Dave and Dean Gia freaking Rizzo from Team Tag and Brag. That's who we just talked to. Can you freaking believe it? Dude, you got that look in your eyes right now. It's a crazy look. And I feel you. I feel you. See, I'm giving it back to you. That's what that's what happens after you talk to a couple just straight up killers. Absolutely, dude. They just told us two stories about killing freaking giant bucks, man. Listen, we're going out on Saturday. I'm fired up. If that doesn't care. get you jacked up for an early season hunt, Woo! I don't know what will. Do you have a pulse? No. Apparently just, not. If you're not jacked up, you don't have a pulse. You don't have a pulse. You're, you're just, dead. Yeah. You, you, he you did. did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, man. man. What, what an episode. Oh, jeez. These guys are just so cool. They really are cool. I mean, I feel like I could get together with them, drink a beer, talk about some football, throw in a little bit of hunting because that's what we like. And, you yeah, know, just I'm sure we can talk a little bit about hunting, probably yeah. mostly sports. Yeah, definitely sports. Soccer. <laughs> Soccer. <laughs> <laughs> so I heard the FIFA Cup, you know. <laughs> Uh, that's a, I don't know anything about soccer. Sorry. Eh, is what it is. <laughs> I'll let you do all the talking. I'll drink all the beer. No, but a huge shout out to them for coming on and spending some time with us tonight. I, it was greatly appreciated. I know Dave was driving back from New York to Ohio. Flying Dean, down I-90. Flying yep. down I-90. I don't know what Dean was doing. He might have been... <laughs> I don't know, cooking up some, grilling some food. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he's probably probably cooking up that deer meat from his North Dakota buck. Probably. He was throwing some backstraps on the grill. That's what was going on. Definitely. I guarantee you. Yeah, it was I, a I nice thought he night sounded distracted. It. I mean, that would have distracted me. So Yeah. yeah the distraction it, is real. Yeah, I, saw, I noticed you did that. Um, <laughs> that was smooth. It was real smooth. I think he was. He was probably, you know, out in the grill. Good night for grilling. Good night for Good, grilling. I got the hoodie on tonight, the right? Scentlock hoodie. Oh boy. I'm very excited about how cool the weather's been lately. We talked about that a little bit, but, you know, it actually feels like fall. I know it's September. We're waiting for that October to hit, but it just feels so good. Yeah, if we can stay here and then October hit and it just dropped down another 15 degrees. Oh, God. There's going to be some things ways, hitting the ground. There's going to be some deer moving. You know, and I think that was a huge factor in, in Dave and Dean's whole Both hunt out there, hunts, man. Absolutely. Weather was key out there. And, and knowing when to play the weather and how to play the weather, that goes into them putting in the time, putting in the effort for seven years. Yeah, definitely, man. They earned the hell out of those deer, man. They put in the work continuously year after year after year. And, you know, learning new properties is fun. But when you find a, a place that's special... And you really learn it. And with as big as the place that they're hunting, it's not like they're, it's almost like they're learning a new property every year. You know right, what I mean? Right. It's huge. The deer are always constantly going to shift. They just put in the work. They got it done. Huge congrats to them for doing it. I mean, that's, that's yeah. a serious feat to overcome. To, to have a year like that where both of them tag out in a shortened version of their normal hunt Five too. Five hunts, dude. That's insane. That's insane. Especially when stud box. And when they were starting off the whole trip, just one of them hunting. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, uh, what Dean was behind behind the bow, and and David, he was behind the camera. Yep. You know, and then it just luck be a lady. They split up, and within probably forty eight hours, they both had deer on the ground. Definitely, definitely. That's but go, awesome. Go over to their Facebook. Check out those videos. They're not on YouTube yet, but check them out on Facebook. There's a bunch of them. I mean, go back and look at their library. All their videos are freaking awesome. Go back and watch previous years of North Dakota. Those are all awesome hunts, too. You know, check out their social media. Join them on Instagram, Facebook. Join them on Snapchat. I heard it's off the hook. I mean, Doing I'm right definitely going to add them as a friend on there. Got to check that out. If you guys could do them a huge favor and go over and like their pages, that'd be awesome. Subscribe to their YouTube. That'd be even more awesome. 
while you're there, you know, just <laughs> type in our name too. Maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe like and subscribe to some of our stuff, you know. Solid plug. Kid. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Go Wild, the Twitter sphere, all those fun places. Anywhere the podcasts are found, you can find us. Leave us a review on one of those if you don't want to do it on on iTunes. You can do that. If you send us a screenshot of giving us a review anywhere, we will send you stickers. If well, you don't want stickers, you know, maybe I'll maybe I'll send you a hug or something. I don't. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. A virtual hug. A virtual hug. You know, or a virtual high five. I'll give you an air high five. You can call me. I'll be like, bro. High five right now. Boom. Got it. Hmm. That was real weird, but it's cool. Yeah. Let's go ahead and uh, wrap this thing up. It's getting <laughs> weird in here. We're up too late. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. But guys, make sure you go back, listen to a couple of our previous episodes if you're brand new to this. If you haven't subscribed to us, make sure you subscribe. It helps us out tremendously. And if you guys want to hear any specific guests or you guys want to come on yourself or know a buddy that's just freaking slaying stuff or just... Maybe you're a new hunter and you want to get into it and you want to get some advice or something. We're not the best hunters. We can kind of talk about our opinions, but, you know, it is what it is. But hit us up on any yeah. of those platforms where we'd be happy to talk to you. Yeah, yeah. If you just want to chat and talk and, you know, let us know what you think about the show and, you know, what you what do you want us to get into. I know season's coming up. We're going to be talking a lot about deer hunting. You know, that's our bread and butter. That's what we're here for. Yeah. So it's going to get real good here during the season. It's going to be real hard to start getting some of these, to get, keep getting these guests on. So it's going to be back to the roots of us, you know, updating you about the season and getting some close people that might be getting it done locally in here. Exactly. exactly. Good stories coming your way for sure. Agreed. And until next week. The distraction is real. The distraction is real. Caught me mid beer drink there. That was good. <laughs>